Hi, I'm Sharon Vaughn, and you're listening to MCO Woe, a podcast giving you a look inside the hearts of the women in our communities, encouraging you to quit comparing and start connecting. On this episode, we hear from a young powerhouse entrepreneur that took the fast track from small town self-starter to Destin's digital maven. She's a mover and a shaker who deeply cares about helping those around her, and this is her story. Hi, we are here today with Kaylee Lavach, and I'm really super excited to share her story with you guys. Um, you might have seen her on Instagram as Miss Kaylee Marie, um, or to do in Destin. She's a girl about town, and she is an entrepreneur who is going to share with us some of the magic that she has used in her life to get her where she is. Uh, but before we get started and all that, Kaylee, could you just share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I... Um, grew up in a small town in Iowa and went to the University of Nebraska, which is where I spent um, 10 years or so. And then actually met one of my college friends, um, moved down here, met her husband, and I kept visiting so often that I was like, you know what, I have to live at the beach. Um, and so I rearranged my life, the business I had up there, I kept up there and then started a second one down here. So it was very, it was a very strange transition to not have to pick up and leave so much, but to start over down here while still operating up here. Um, and so I'm still doing the same that I was, um, wedding videography, except in Nebraska, I also had a DJ service and down here, I decided not to offer that. So, um, that's kind of what got me here. And then once I was here, really saw a need for um, a place that had all events and things to do. This area had a lot of Instagram and Facebooks, but it was all, look at the beach, how pretty our water is. And we all know that it's pretty, but I wanted yeah. to know like who had the best happy hour and where can I get bottomless mimosas and um, you know, all these events we have every spring and fall. And there was no place that I could find that really was a hub for that. Um, online directory, sure, but I really wanted a visual guide. I really wanted an Instagram account or something that would show me around the city. And then I started it and it took off. And here we are. I'm at um, 25,000 followers. I just hit the 25,000 mark. So that's been a ride, but it's been so much fun to meet um, other business owners and just get to do a lot of fun stuff around town and show other people, you know, to plan their vacations or locals spending their weekends. Cause I think we forget where we live sometimes and it's important to be a tourist in your own city. So that's the story of how I got to where I am. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, 25,000 followers is, is one thing, but I've seen your feed and I've gone to your website. It's incredible how much energy and it, information is just put out there. And as a person who just moved here four years ago myself, I know I've referred to it. It, it is true. There's so much stuff out there, but sometimes you want to see what it looks like. You want to hear kind of a little bit more and having all of that in one place is, is just amazing and must've been a really interesting way for you to get to know people and just get to know the area. Yeah, so I definitely used it as a way to explore kind of what's out there and what we have to offer, but I wasn't sure if it was going to take off and I didn't want to really tell anybody it was me. So for the first like year and a half, I just did it behind the scenes. I didn't put my face on it. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. Um, and then suddenly it was like 5,000 and then 10,000 and then 12,000. And I was like, Oh, by the way, uh, this is me. Wow. <laughs> People were like, wait, what? You run that account? And I was like, I mean, I started it one night laying in bed. Like, I think I'm just going to do it. Like you said, I, I'm just going to jump in two feet, yeah. um, make it work. And I did. And here we are. 
And how many years ago was that? Uh, I just hit the three year mark. Wow. So, I mean, that's no time at all for how yeah. much you've grown. Yeah. And so in your business, it's, you, you said you still have the business in Nebraska or you no longer have the business in Nebraska? Um, so I moved here five years ago and that business operated up there um, for three more after I moved. Okay. Um, the initial plan was to sell that business and it was listed through brokers. Um, and that's a whole like crash and burn that I could talk about for entrepreneurs. Um, but I knew the business was at a place that it wasn't going to last beyond two, maybe three more years just because of my staff. I knew okay. everybody was getting married and moving away. And I knew mm. that if I wasn't there to replace these employees, that it was just going to kind of fizzle out. And that's exactly what happened when it didn't sell. Okay. Um, and so I just closed the doors and have been focusing down here since then. Wow. And so is it just you or do you have a staff of people that work with you here as well? Um, it's just me. And if I can't cover an event or something, I have some friends who um, I would consider their social media level to be um, representative of my brand. And so uh -huh. I'll send them with tickets to an event or something to have it covered. And then um, they'll just send me the post or I'll give them the login and they'll post from that while I do something else. So I do have friends, but like no paid staff or anything right now. That is a lot. I mean, I honestly can't believe that I was thinking you were going to say you have five to 10 people that you have out and about there because I know there are some other, I mean, I think of, you know, like 38.com and some other maybe semi-comparable, you know, platforms that, that have a lot, lot of boots on the ground. So I'm just blown away. I'm blown away that you do all of this, the majority of this um, with very little assistance. Yeah, I think that I, I really put a lot of effort into the Instagram and then I knew that I had to have a website because I was getting so many DMs about where do I go for this or what, where can I find this? And this is a weird question. Do you know the answer? And I needed a hub to send them to. I was you know, sending them to other people's Instagram accounts, but I was like, I'm missing this traffic. I need to yeah. have a place to send them. We built the website. It's still a work in progress. I have a million blogs that I still have to write and put up there. Um, but the opportunity was there and I'm really good at like saving content and batching it for later. So it looks like I'm everywhere at once. Um, wow. I am a social media manager for a few, like I'm, I mean, I run like 25 Instagram accounts right now for businesses and people around town. And so, um, for these people, when I'm out taking photography or videos, I, save them. And then I kind of just like apply them to my content calendar going forward. So I can make double use of that content um, and not have to do it so natively every single day. Wow. So that's, that is definitely a lot. And a lot of technical speak here about what you do and the, and the whole marketing aspect of it. Um, did you go to school for marketing? Um, advertising is my degree. Okay. I wish I would have majored more towards the marketing side, but I didn't really figure out that I had such a passion for that until I was almost done with college. And I didn't really love college that much, the school side of it. So I was like, I just, my four years and I'm out, like, I'm going to finish this degree. Yeah. So are you, so did you grow up in Nebraska? Um, the small town in Iowa was right across the border. So I right was across the border. like 45 minutes from Omaha. Okay. Is your family still there or do you have family here as well or? My parents are still um, in that small town in Iowa. Um, they uh, they semi-retired when they sold their business. They had a hardware store. Um, so they're still in Iowa, kind of bouncing around traveling. And then my sister and her husband are in Kansas City. Okay, so that's a little bit closer. Yeah, a couple that's hours. Nice. Are you close with your sister? 
Uh, we got closer once I went to college and she kind of grew up a little bit. We had five years between us. So it was just enough to where I was in high school. She was in middle school. We were never kind of on that same page. Um, but I think once we both got to college and passed, then we became a lot closer. I can relate to that because my sister is six years younger than me and we never got along growing up. But as we, as I became an adult and she started to kind of miss me a little bit because I wasn't there torturing her, she really appreciated me. So definitely now we actually live pretty close to each other, which hadn't happened for many, many years. Oh. So, so your parents were entrepreneurs as well. They were. So you got it honest from them. Did that, did that kind of teach you that, hey, like I'm a person who can start my own business or, I mean, is that ingrained in you before as a child? It was um, because I had never, um, I'd always worked for them growing up, obviously. And so I always had this mentality of like, if, if I want to do it, I'm just going to make it happen. And I didn't ever know like what it felt like to be under the thumb of a boss. So yeah. right after college, um, the guy that I worked for, in order to get anything done, I had to completely uh, like tell him and then it had to go through accounting and then it had to go through approvals. And I was like, three weeks later, I still didn't have an answer. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, I can't live corporate America. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I actually bought it from him. Wow. So that was kind of part of my story that makes it different is that at 21, um, my parents helped me purchase that first business, which looking back would have made more sense if I had just started it on my own because of everything I went through. But, um, I don't think I would be where I was today if I didn't have all the struggles I had when I first took it over. Um, cause I think when you start one on your own, you're left to kind of figure out how to build it. And this one was already built. I just had to figure out where he left off. And I think that was sometimes a bigger challenge in some respects. So, yeah, I think sometimes it can be harder to clean up somebody else's mess per se. And what, what an interesting risk that you took just like buying this business. Did it, do you think you did that because it gave you some sense of security because it sort of already existed and you didn't have to start from scratch or just cause you were already in it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I worked for- with him for, I want to say two months. So I I knew enough about what was happening, um, the type of work we were doing with weddings and things. Um, And I I guess he kind of hid the negative side from me. You know, being only 21, I was really naive to like the business world and what it all took to like, you know, make a business succeed and exactly the kind of challenges you could face. Um, And so like for an example, when he left, he was supposed to mentor me for two or three years, I think per the agreement and he cashed the check and vanished. Oh my God. Yeah. And then about six or eight months in to owning it, um, all these brides from last summer came back and said, we've never got our stuff. I need like, it's been a year. Where's my video. And I've never met any of these people before. I didn't have anything to do with their wedding. Like I wasn't there. I didn't go to it. I didn't shoot it. I didn't have the footage, but their contracts were with my business under my business name, which made it my problem. And so I had to figure out how to find this guy who vanished and try to get their footage. And, you know, again, being 21, like I spent many days crying under my desk because I just didn't know if I was going to be sued. And I'd only right. been doing this for eight months. Like I didn't That's know. Scary. It was. And I, that, that was the side of it that I didn't see. Um, and 
outside of that, I finally figured out that I bought a business that had a terrible reputation in town. So when you start one, you start fresh and Mm -hmm. your mistakes dictate your reputation. But I was dealing with someone else's reputation who's, I didn't have any idea. I didn't know any better. Um, And so I was parading around town, so proud of my business. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, we don't do business with you. And it was kind of like a smack in the face. And, you know, it was probably helpful that I was 21 because I was like, well, get up and go. Let's just keep rocking away. And if I think that happened at 35, I would have been like, yeah, no, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah. Just cash it in and start over or do something else. Yeah. Wow. It kind of fueled the fire, I would say. And in the end, my goal was for him to hear my, the business name. Um, because I think he knew, he knew that he was going to cash the check and I was going to fail and that was going to be the plan. And I was like adamant that that wasn't going to happen. And I was basically door to door telling everybody I'm the new owner, I'm changing things, you know, and an an attorney advised me to change the name and the website. And I said, then I should have just started my own. Like if I changed this whole brand, um, so I decided to stick with it and I turned it all around and we went from doing like six to 10 weddings a year. Um, at my peak, I was doing over 150 a year. Yeah, wow. Had, like, so you turned it completely around I and had, you left it with a greater reputation. I, yeah. I had multiple teams running every weekend. We could do five, six weddings a weekend. It was just like this crazy ride. I mean, I had 10, 12 employees. Like it was, we went from a one man show to like a team profitable business. And it was like, in the end, he ended up calling me for his new job because he needed some video work. And it was like, it was so validating to have him like come full circle and be like, you did something I didn't think you would ever do. So that's really incredible. Congratulations on that. (laughs) Thank you. It was quite a ride. It was one that definitely shaped me for the future, but I don't know that if it happened again, I'd be able to like stick it out, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to jump the shark here because I want to talk more about, you know, just everything in between here and there. But I almost wonder if because it was so challenging for you in the beginning, if it makes you feel more leveled out now because things are kind of not on autopilot, nothing's on autopilot, but you know, maybe it's not as challenging as it used to be. Yeah. And, um, that was one of the challenges that I definitely wanted to touch on in the podcast was doing the same thing now essentially 14 years later after I started. Um, and yes, different markets, mm-hmm. um, sort of different business model because down here I don't have a team. It's just me. Um, and I made that decision intentionally, um, just to be smaller and have a less stress level, but I've kind of felt like I see new business owners now who are one, two, three, four years in, and they're so excited and they can't wait for the next thing. And they want to try this and do that. And I feel terrible because I think I'm not excited about that. Like I've been there, I've done that. And then I feel like a bad person. Like, you know, I should be excited for you. And in my head, I'm like, did that like and it didn't work out for me and I'm not going to do it again you know mm-hmm. so like I'm on this autopilot of um I do what works for me but I don't get outside my box if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah so, completely I don't know if that has to do with like being in it for so long or maybe I'm just needing a change you know of scenery which to do and Dustin has done for me and kind of brought back the spark for my original business but I couldn't find anybody who had been in business as long as me to really bounce that off of and say, have you felt this way? You know, are you mm-hmm. 15 years in and you kind of feel like 
you're just on autopilot doing what works or are you still like excited every day to find the new thing or the next thing, you know? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I wonder if, is it hard for you to ask for help or is it hard for you to trust people with your brand to help you to kind of do things? I, you know, I wouldn't say I have a problem with it. If, if I vet them pretty well and I trust mm -hmm. them a lot, I will happily pass things off to them. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit tougher with the video side of what I do because it was very much built down here. It was very much built just for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I do have some people who could go out and shoot stuff, but um, that business where I kind of feel on autopilot is definitely just really me. And I'm not sure there's much left to outsource in mm -hmm. terms of work, but um, that could definitely be part of it. You know, if I had some more help, maybe I wouldn't feel that way. Yeah. I'm just imagining a person putting as much, not even if it's just hours in the day, cause it sounds like you have a really efficient process for everything, but I mean, just the creative burnout and you know, your, you know, your mind can only do so much. And if you're pouring out of your cup constantly into something that you're clearly passionate about and that you clearly have this artistic flame for, you know, you, yeah. you almost wonder like your energy level on in some space is going to start to dwindle. I'm not a business expert, but I almost <laughs> wonder like if you can't multiply yourself. So how can you, you know, find a way to, to kind of light that torch again? Where does the fire come from? Yeah. yeah. And maybe scaling back one end and focusing more on the other or something like that. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite part about what you do? Um, I, I kind of love how many people I get to meet. So on the wedding side, I get to meet them on their happiest day of their life. Mm -hmm. Everybody's always in a good mood. Like you can't show up to a wedding and not be happy all day because yeah. everybody around you is so happy. Um, and then I get the honor of capturing that. So it's like, I'm excited to be around everybody and it's such a great time. And then I sort of get the same thing with to do and Destin because everybody gets to talk about their own business and things that they love and they get to show me around and let me do the service or eat the food or, you know, have the activity or whatever. Um, and they're equally as excited because they want the promotion and they want to partner. And, um, I get to meet so many people from, like all aspects of life. What is your why? Like, what is it that really, is that what drives you is meeting people and having experiences or is it connecting people with information? Like, what is it that, you know, is your bigger purpose? Um, I want in a roundabout way is helping people. It's helping the tourists and the locals find, you know, the things that they are looking for and may not know they're looking for to help them plan their weekends or their trips. Um, and then on the wedding side to help, help them capture and remember, you know, the biggest and best moment of their life that far. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it all kind of ties together. If you strip everything away to just like helping people mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's kind of what I would have guessed if I had was like a jeopardy yeah. question or something like that. <laughs> Um, so kind of going back to the more personal side of it, um, you've done a lot, you know, leaving your home state, leaving your family, starting all these businesses, meeting all these strangers, doing things, kind of jumping in with both feet. Is there ever a time in this whole process where you kind of had wished that another woman in the community had reached out to you or maybe stuck up for you or spoken up for you or vouched for you? 
Um, there were a lot of times through to do and Destin that I wished um, I just had a few more people that believed in me. And I knew that my circle did, mm-hmm. um, you know, your friends know you better than anybody. And they all knew why I started it. They all saw the value in it, but I had a lot of pushback. Um, I just think that this area is a little few steps behind um, the rest of the world in terms of social media and where we're at because we're in such a unique area that these businesses have survived for 30 years without having a website or without having a social presence. And it's very hard to go in there and explain to them what I can do to benefit their business, um, especially if they don't even operate you know, any social media currently because they don't see the value, they don't know what they're missing. And so um, there have been times where I wished, you know, that females would have just taken a chance on me women especially i feel like they should yeah. connect and understand it better yeah um and i just you know i couldn't convince everybody that what i was doing was good and so it was the same kind of fuel to the fire like i'm just going to keep doing my thing and eventually they'll want to be a part of it you know so i didn't take it too personally but i've had i have had that pushback when i travel if I'm going to a restaurant and we pick one, okay, the photos on Yelp, great. Now I'm going to go to your Instagram and I want to see the front of the business and is there mm-hmm. outdoor seating? And I want to see what this grilled cheese on the menu looks like. And I'm going to scroll. I'm going to scroll for 10 minutes through Instagram looking for a grilled cheese. Yeah. And if it's not on there, then I, maybe I don't want to go there now. So yeah. it's so tough to get them to understand that that really does dictate where we go for food sometimes. And a listing on a website isn't enough. I need to see like, is that grilled cheese? Is it on ciabatta bread? Is it a panini? Is it grilled? What's the side? Like I need to see what it looks yeah. like before I order it. So that's the challenge. And that's what I try to reiterate in all my clients' social media is that those top nine on Instagram need to be a representation of your business of all aspects, like your dining room, your food, your beverage, your bar, um, the outdoor, is there parking? Like people need to see those top nine and kind of get a snapshot of the business as a whole without having to scroll anymore. So yeah, no, I agree. I'm a visual buyer. So, so I, I can see like, it, it really would be nice if when we were making our efforts, you know, whatever that is, whether it's to, you know, learn needlepoint or, you know, find the quickest route to the beach or where to buy the best towels or starting our business. It just doesn't matter if I really just wish so much for us that we could just be open with our resources and not so territorial and protective because I mean, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all the boats and, and I really believe that the stronger our community is of women, but also just of people in general, the more supportive and encouraging we are of each other, just the, the better we all are going to be. Um, do you get a chance to do that for people now? Yeah, I've kind of found, um, you know, through all my social channels that I get known as that girl who knows everybody sort of thing. So I have um, had my salon, you know, say, you need to meet her and you guys need to connect and this and that. And I've gotten to meet um, so many people that way. And I'm always trying to do group dinners so that everybody can meet everybody and we can kind of expand our circle because it really is who you know Mm -hmm. in business and life and everything. And I'm always trying to connect new people. And I know in this area, especially, you never know how long you're going to be here. If you're military sure. or if you just come to the beach and leave two years later, it's such a, an influx of people that I really want to connect everybody who's here in case they can help each other. And I do think on the business end, it's the same thing where um, I would try to find a way to work with everybody, even if they come to me and don't have 
a budget or they still want help, like I have no problem sitting down with them and trying to work something out to where we're, we're both benefiting. Um, because I'm, I have that mentality of like, I'd rather help you succeed than make the dime off of it. So. Wow. That is a really beautiful way to want to be seen. And that was kind of one of my questions is, you know, how, how do you want people to perceive you? I mean, you're, I see you, my first impression was that this girl makes fishing look so good. I want to go fishing. Like I've, I've never been deep sea fishing or fishing on the Gulf, but I'm like, I see your pictures. I'm like, if I can look like that fishing and that, and have that much fun, then count me in, sign me up. Um, you know, and that's very one dimensional, obviously I'm just kind of calling out one thing, but I mean, tell me how you want people to perceive you. Um, I don't, I, I'm glad you said that. I don't know how I am perceived online. I just put up snippets of my life and hope to connect with somebody, but, um, I want to be seen as like very friendly and always approachable and never to be like intimidated by me or scared. Um, which I have heard in the past, like, well, you're very intimidating. You just know everybody. And it's like, I want to be friends with everyone. So um, my door is always open, totally open to partnerships and friendships. And I don't think it's weird to be like, hey, we both live in Destin. Let's grab lunch. Like, I, I'll go meet you. It's, you know, I just want to be that person that helps connect everybody and um, make everyone else's lives better by doing that. Wow. What a really great quality. I mean, to be a connector is so nice. And I think that maybe why some people may be intimidated by that, because what we were talking about earlier, people can be territorial and it's not even an, it's not, doesn't, I don't think it starts mean spirited. I think it starts as just, I don't know if you take a piece of this, you, you getting close to me might give you a piece of my pie and it took, it was hard to get it. And I don't want to give any of it up. Growing up in the wedding industry and doing what I did, it there was always this stigma of like, I can't hire anybody to work with me. They're going to take all my secrets and become my competition. And people would say that to me and I would look them straight in the eye and say, so let them. Yeah. They're not me. They're not ever going to be on my level. And I am already five years ahead of them. So if they start today, I'll always be five years ahead. Mm -hmm. And um, it never scared me. Like competition never scared me. And I had over the years, only two, I think two people who quit to go start their own. And they both came back to work for me wow. just because I had created an environment that they enjoyed working in and they didn't feel like they had to go. I mean, they tried it. It wasn't for them. Yeah. So I've never, I've never viewed competition in that way. Like I would much rather find a way to work together, even if yeah. we do the same thing to where we can refer back and forth. I'd much rather do that than, you know, avoid somebody because we're competition. My know? favorite word in this scenario is co-opetition because I like that. yes, and feel free to use that. I don't know if it already exists or if I made it up in my sleep one night, but I was using it once um, just because there's so many scenarios where it's appropriate, but it, there really is no competition in the world. I mean, there is always, there is a slice for everybody that's willing to work for it. Now, the people that are not willing to work for it, there may not be a slice for them. Yes. And that's what people are sometimes in denial about. They don't want to admit that they don't really want it maybe as badly as you do. Right. Um, you mentioned, you know, like we all want to, we have that maternal instinct. I mean, it's in us as animals, right? So, and you also had said that one of your fears is letting people down. Yes. So are you familiar with the Enneagram? Yes. I, I don't remember what all the numbers mean. So tell me about yours. Yeah. So I'm a nine. Okay. Nines hate conflict. So we shut down whenever there's 
um, a hard conversation, a rough phone call, something we have to deal with that we just don't want to. We kind of like go into like hibernation mode where we want to avoid it forever. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. maybe if I don't open the email, it will go away kind of a thing. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so nines are very conflict avoidant. Um, yeah. So, um, being so afraid of conflict, I think comes from this fear of like, we, I want everybody to be at peace. I want everybody to get along. I want everything to be like smooth sailing every single day. And that's what, that's what it means to be a nine. Um, and my fear, like, I don't like delivering something late or not meeting a deadline or, you know, committing to a dinner and not showing up. And I'm not 100% sure where that like stems from. I know that I never wanted to disappoint my parents growing up. Like that was a huge, I never got in trouble. I never broke the law. I, ne I always like whatever they said I did. I never wanted to disappoint them or make them upset. Um, and that kind of is just like traveled into the rest of my life. Like I don't fight with my boyfriend. I don't pick fights. I don't like, Lucky and, man. And yeah, <laughs> well, oftentimes I would rather keep my opinion to myself than cause a rift. Hmm. Um, I think nines have this fear of being alone. And so if, if people aren't happy, we're afraid they're going to leave our life. So this fear of disappointing people, like essentially boils down to like, we just don't want to be alone. We don't want these people that we love to be hurt or to leave us. So so I'm curious about that on two different sides. On your personal side, how does that, do you think that stifles your ability to reach your fullest level of happiness in your personal life at any point, not necessarily with your boyfriend, but with your friendships or relationships in general? Yeah, great question. So um, yes is the answer to that because after discovering the Enneagram and really digging into my number and learning more about myself, all these puzzle pieces kind of started to fall into place for me understanding why things happened the way they did in my life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, oh, this breakup happened this way and this is why, or I lost this friend because of this. And it all sort of made sense to me. Um, but for a little while, I did this um, trial where I was very intentional about making my opinions um, on the forefront. So it was very hard. And every single day I would be like, okay, well, how do you really feel about this? Okay. Well, if you're not happy, you have to tell them. And it was this struggle to get the words out. Um, the story that comes to mind is I have a tattoo of a compass, um, and watercolor on my arm and the girl that was recommended to me, I didn't like anything that she was sending back. And I was having this struggle of telling her like, this isn't what I want. And all my friends are like, a tattoo is forever. If you don't like yes. it, tell her. And exactly. I was like, but I just don't want to hurt her feelings. And so it's like this struggle of, I need to put my priorities first and my feelings um, and my opinions. And so when I wasn't very intentional about telling people this, I noticed the shift in my life to where um, I felt like I was on this other level where once I started expressing what I wanted, everything kind of came together. Like the universe answered me and said, oh, this is what you want. Here you yeah. go. And instead of sitting back and kind of letting stuff happen to me, that was the difference. And so it, I do think it definitely like has hindered that a little bit. And so it's always a work in progress. Do you think because it goes against your natural personality tendencies, I mean, was it very exhausting for you to do that? Was it draining for you? It was because it was, it was an intentional effort every single day. And so I would wake up and say, you're not going to do anything today that you don't want to. And if somebody suggests something, it's okay to say no. Like it was this overbearing energy all day for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm trying to find this balance of like, 
it doesn't have to be overbearing on you every single day. You just have to have this mentality of it's okay to say no sometimes and do what's right. best for you, you know? Since it was a practice for you. And I think a practice being like yoga or anything that you're practicing, like the more you do it, the better you are at it. If you're not practicing it every day, do you find yourself letting things go more and wishing that it was easier to pick and choose which things would affect you? Um, for sure. And I've been very intentional about telling my close circle that this is the problem and I need help with this. Yeah. And so that takes a little bit of the load off of me because if we're out somewhere or we're buying tickets to something, they are, they know how I feel. And so they're like, okay, well, you really want to do this or is this okay? Like they kind of reiterate it to me to give me that option instead of me just saying yes to everything all the time. And so that has helped a lot. Um, and is what I would encourage if anybody else was like feeling that same way. Yeah. So the business side is interesting, um, because originally I noticed it a lot. Um, you know, someone wouldn't have a budget to work with me for video or, um, you know, would try to ask for discounts or this or that. And I wanted everybody to be happy. So I was like devaluing my services to work with these brides. Mm -hmm. Um, but the longer that I did it and the more, um, Oh, the more faith I had in myself, I guess, or the, the more that I valued my own work, um, that kind of went out the window. And so the only conflict that I really avoid in work, or I really just like d can't handle that well as if something goes wrong, okay. then I have to like take a step back and make a very intentional effort to make it right. But it's not my instinct to just run in there and be like, I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've gotten so much better at being like, okay, this price doesn't work for you. That's great. Here's somebody in your budget. Please go That's work great. with them. Like, And honestly, that just took years and years of knowing what I'm worth and not being willing to work for less. That's really great. I like that you know your worth. I would think that would be really hard as a people pleaser or as a person who avoids conflict because, I mean, you have to face, sometimes you have to face people and say no. And yeah. no, no is a hard word sometimes. I think it's easier if you have some sort of like facts to back it up with. So mm -hmm. an interesting fact that makes more sense now that I'm a nine and don't like conflict is growing up or my whole first business, um, I referred to every email as we and okay. us and my team, even yeah. when I was a one man show. Yeah. Because I didn't, I was afraid of people writing back and being like, well, you know, what's your policy on this? And if I would say my policy is, I didn't want them to come back and say, well, it's just you. So change it. So right. I would say our policy is <laughs> to make it sound like I had yeah. this whole board of people that had to decide on it. And so I got to avoid conflict quite a bit by using that because yeah. it was, oh no, I, you know, my business partner doesn't think that we should do that. And it never felt on my shoulders at that like, point. What so. do you think? <laughs> I think we shouldn't do it. Hang on, I got to have a conversation with yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I but love it. Well, I didn't have, I didn't have to like face the conflict head on at that point. So yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Well, but it sounds like it's a lot easier, not easier, but you've got it down business wise. You, you kind of know your worth and that maybe on your personal side, you know, your worth, but sometimes you're willing to still kind of let it slide, mm -hmm. but working sure. on it. Yeah. yeah. Do you meet a lot of women who, um, like say, oh, I, I want to have my own business. I want to start my own business. I'm just going to go ahead and go for it or ask you for advice or, you know, or, or maybe just jump into it and you want to give them advice, but they don't want it. I mean, do you hear that a lot about people wanting to kind of get into that? Yeah. Um, 
interestingly enough, it's, it seems to happen more on Facebook. I'm pretty active in a lot of groups, um, everything from wedding filmmaking to social media, um, to virtual assistants and marketing and things. And there's a lot of people in there that work full-time jobs and just don't want to make the leap. And Mm -hmm. I have people seek me out on there that send me messages that just say like, this is what I want to do, but I'm not sure. Um, it more so happens, you know, definitely on Facebook that I, I give some advice or push people. Um, it's happened a few times in person. And, um, one of my friends who was a teacher wanted to pursue social media and management as a career. And I was one of the only people that really pushed her into it because I saw her potential and I knew that she could make it. Mm -hmm. And everybody else saw the safety net of a teacher and they didn't Mm -hmm. want her to walk away from the salary and the career that she built. And, she quit and this was her first year and within a couple months was already making her teacher salary back. So that's so great. Like I I'm really good at being honest. Like it's t- like I, I either see it in you and we can do it or like, let's tweak a few things before we get to that point, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's really a beautiful thing to be able to do that. And not just to that, not just have the talent to recognize other talent, but to be that person that will say, like you can do this. And when so many people are just security blanket, practicality, pragmatism, and, and you're a dreamer, you also grew up knowing that it could be done and you've done it yourself a couple of times. So what better person to be able to kind of be a cheerleader for for other people in that? Sometimes all they need is a plan. Mm -hmm. They, they see the end goal, but they're not sure the steps to get there. And so we can sit down and um, you know, really say like, listen, how much do you need to make every month to replace right. your salary? Okay. So this is how many clients we have to get to pay X amount of dollars for your services. You can guide people, kind of give them a plan, give them a realistic kind of pathway towards getting to a place that you've already kind of actualized yourself. Yeah. And I like you- to help them kind of see that, that big picture. Are you an emotional person? I used to think I was, but I, now I think I'm a little less on the emotional side and more on the practical, realistic side. Yeah. So what moves you to tears? When's the last time that you were moved to tears? <laughs> well, conflict moves me to tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to deal with it. And I often, like I said, I often avoid it until it's at its breaking point And then it's like becomes a cry worthy moment, which is not healthy at all. But um, I have cried a few times at weddings. Um, I was daddy's girl growing up. So when I see like dad make a very special toast or um, they share a special dance or something like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm kind of immune to it now, but it's, it takes a lot to get me to that place because of all the weddings I've been to, but it's, I have definitely cried yeah. um, at those like special sweet moments. And I think that happens more as you get older and you start to value having your family around and still like being close to each other. And that probably has a lot to do with why that's a trigger for me. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Well, I know that you wanted to kind of talk more about your plateau and I'm curious, you know, all of these things, you've done so much personal development and you've, you've done so much with your business. And so what do you, you know, where, when you're brainstorming, what do you think is going to be the next step that's going to, that's going to scale, you know, your, your dream and what you've created? Um, so I think when I, in terms of like the social media work and the stuff I'm doing online, um, you know, that goal is to be acquired someday. So someone who, you know, has a larger Destin account and they want to take it over and add to their audience. Um, 
And so then I'm striving to get it as big as it can get and as increase the numbers and the website visits and the, you know, newsletter subscribers. Um, but I really still have this passion for, and it's so funny, but like I could sit at a computer for 12 hours a day and edit websites and, um, build social media campaigns. And, you know, I really have this passion for like finding the underneath the marketing, like how people, um, found, like, how do they find you? And when they come to the site, are they buying? Are they not buying? Why? What did they see that changed their mind? I have this passion for this process. Um, but oftentimes feel, I don't know if inadequate is the right word, but I don't have this, like, I didn't go to this agency and have this advertising marketing background. Like I'm very self-taught. I've, you know, taken tons of classes at conferences and traveled and tried to educate myself from others and I'll do online classes and just try to figure it out. But when I think in terms of like joining a team in an agency, that makes me feel like, I don't know that I'm there yet. Or, you know, I'm not sure I'm on that corporate level. Um, so I really find this niche of like small businesses who need, you know, newsletter management and website updates and photography and, um, social media and stuff like that. Um, and so maybe like the solution to the plateau is leaning more into that and Mm -hmm. less into the video side that I've been doing for so many years. Like maybe I would be more excited about finding new opportunities in this avenue instead of my original one. I don't think that there is anything that would stop you from, you know, finding an agency family somewhere or creating your own or, you know, something that brings you to the place where you're leveling up to, you know, where your, where your, you know, talents and passions are. Yeah, I think so too. I think, um, I was, while you were talking, trying to figure out in my head, if, um, the plateau also applies to like, if I were to start something completely new from the ground up today, like, would I mentally be able to do that? And I'm not, I'm not even sure that I would want to, I kind of have this thing in my head of like, well, I already did the business thing. You know, if I'm forced to start over somewhere, maybe I'll just go get a nine to five. And like, I hate Uh, that way. Um, But I don't know if that's like burnout. I don't know if that's, you know, that's where I would love somebody else who's been doing it for 10, 15 years to be a sounding board and be like, I felt that way too. Like poured my heart and soul into something. And it's like, do I have enough left to do that again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be a lot to start a new business from scratch, but I wonder, I, I t- in my opinion, I think it, it's almost impossible to go from this totally independent status that you're in now to going to where you were before, where you were talking about having to get approval and get, and then three weeks later, you finally have half of a decision and not really all of it. And <laughs> the bureaucracy of, of like the hierarchy, hierarchy that exists in some of those environments might be challenging, but there probably are some environments that aren't like that. Yeah. I may not, you're right. I may not make a, a sit at a desk nine to five, <laughs> a very good employee, but <laughs> I just but, need some freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Some freedom. And, and, but I think that whatever you're looking for is out there. And even if you don't even know what you're looking for yet and that you're on this journey, um, is really cool because I think that again, perception would be like, you know, Hey, you've got it made in the shade. Life is great. You must be so happy. You're so busy. You're so engaged in the community. You're so, you know, connected. You're, you know, so knowledgeable. What could you possibly want? So that's a really yeah. good, kind of a good story there. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm living in it and surviving. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that and a lot. And, um, I don't really have any more serious questions. Is there anything else that you want to share? If there's anybody else out there that feels plateaued after years and years in business, like reach out to me. I would love to chat about it. Yeah. I haven't found that yet. So well, I hope that you will find that mentor that, that, you know, fairy godmother or father or whoever, whatever <laughs> is, is out there and will will hear your call. Um, I do have a couple of other kind of just silly things okay. to ask you. Um, this yeah. is kind of like a, would you rather? And I try to come up with different questions for each person. Okay. So this one, some are simpler than others. Um, would you rather give up technology for a year or would you rather live in a place that has no sunshine for a year? Um, I would actually give up technology. Ooh, that's um, brave. I never would have guessed that. Well, most people don't because I live my world in there, but I often like dream about living in a cabin off the grid somewhere, like how, how peaceful that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I d- definitely couldn't live in the dark. I need my sunshine. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would be, I would make it. I think I'd be okay. <laughs> that would be a good experiment. Yeah. Would you rather, if it was your only mode of transportation, use roller skates or a skateboard? <laughs> um, your only mode of transportation. You don't have a bike. You don't have a car. <laughs> I, I guess a skateboard um, because I could pick it up and walk, like I could pick it up and hold it and walk with it if I needed to, or it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. More yeah. flexibility. Do you know yeah. how to skateboard? Uh, no, I probably had one when I was younger and, you know, I don't, I actually remember not even figuring out quite how to steer it with my feet. So I wouldn't be a skateboarder, but at least I could take, I could could walk if I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, have you traveled a lot? Do you like to travel? I love to travel. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite place so far? Um, Besides Destin. (laughs) I love Nashville. Um, I, have been there so many times that I've, I'm past the tourist scene. So I've gotten to really like actually see the city as a local. Um, and I've, I've loved that city that is on my list to live in someday. Um, and as far as like international, I actually really liked, um, Puerto Rico. We Mm. went after the hurricane, um, when it was still rebuilding, but the people were so nice and, um, they just had so many, like their culture is still there really heavy. And I think when you travel, you like to immerse yourself in their culture to kind of be, that's part of why you travel, you know, to experience. things. And so, um, I really liked Puerto Rico. We are going to Costa Rica too here in a couple weeks, um, which I've never been there. So that will be fun. Yeah. I loved, I went to Costa Rica one time on a retreat and it was fantastic. It was like, yeah, a few days in the mountains with no electricity and then a couple days on the beach. And it was just, it was perfect. I really couldn't, I couldn't have planned anything better. Let's see. Uh, would you rather have spaghetti or tacos? Um, tacos. <laughs> That's a hard one for me. That is a hard one. Would you rather travel to outer space or to the deepest part of the ocean? Um, outer space. I have always wanted the gravity less weightless feeling of like being in space. And so that would definitely be the choice. Fun. Brave. I think both are brave, but yeah. Are you a coffee or a tea person or neither? Coffee. Yeah. How yeah, do you I like don't... 
I don't like hot or cold tea, so I don't drink any of that. But, um, and I'm usually an iced coffee drinker because my mouth is really sensitive and I don't like, usually if I get a hot coffee, I have to sit for like 45 minutes before I can drink it. And by then I'm like, this was a waste. Yeah. I should have <laughs> cold coffee. Do you prefer spring or fall? I like fall. It can still be a little chilly in spring, but usually fall is um, still a little warmer. Yeah. It's good mm-hmm. weather. The, like the Gulf is the perfect temperature. It's so nice. And the sunsets are amazing in October. Oh, yes, my favorite. Just having this conversation with someone. <laughs> <laughs> I, miss, I miss those October sunsets. They're so beautiful. Um, would you rather paddleboard or kayak? Um, I'm a paddleboarder. I have a paddleboard and I enjoy that more than, I feel like when I kayak, I'm never sure which direction I should be paddling. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, that's a good point. It's a little more, I think it's more complicated. Yeah, me too. Would you rather, if you had the chance to, would you rather have the chance to change a young woman's life for the better by mentoring her, or would you rather be mentored by Oprah? Well, mm, I, I think I would, I would mentor the girl. Um, I get a lot out of, help, like I said, helping others. Um, and I guess however I can do that. And I would, I would think I would prefer to be the mentor. Yeah. I think Probably once you change her life, then she's going to end up getting, you know, on Oprah and then she'll tell Oprah about you and Oprah will bring you on. It's all going to work out. Full circle. Yeah. You're still going to be on Oprah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> okay, this is my last one. Okay. Would you rather have dinner with the president or cocktails with Lady Gaga? Cocktails with Lady Gaga. Word. Yes. I'm, I'm there for it. <laughs> I have so many questions for her. I need to know. I need, I mean, <laughs> need a happy hour conversation. <laughs> that's all I have for you. I really, I had fun talking to you. I'm completely motivated and inspired. And I was a little bit intimidated before <laughs> our conversation, just because I feel like you've come so far. You've done so much. I, I felt slightly unworthy of your time, but I feel so grateful. And you have made me feel so comfortable in talking with you. And, and I really appreciate it. Yay. Well, I'm, thank you for asking me to do this. It's been so fun and I'm glad that I changed your perception. I don't want people to be intimidated by me. It it was really a great conversation. So thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the MCOWO podcast. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Emerald Coast Women and visit us on the web at mcowo.com. That's www.emcowo.com.